Welcome to another edition of Waltrip Unfiltered. It's my podcast, and I'm honored today that we have a special guest. Again, these shows are so much fun. Today's guest is going to be Greg Biffle, the Biff. I asked him one time on our show inside Cup Racing back in the day on Speed. I said, why do they call you the Biff? He said, I guess because my name's Biffle. I was joking. But anyway, we had a lot of fun on that show. and We've always been buddies. It's been a year since we've heard a lot from Greg when he won that big truck race down in Texas. We'll see what's been going on in his world. Thanks for tuning in. Hang with us. So Greg, one of my favorite things about the podcast is getting to catch up with my buddies, see what they've been up to. And you made a big splash a year ago when you showed up and won that darn truck race down in Texas. Had a lot going on since then as well, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've been busy doing all kinds of stuff, uh, Mikey. I've been uh, racing the Sand Outlaws series. Uh, been working at my rock mine in Virginia, which I love. You know, I'm kind of that love getting my hands dirty and, and working a little bit. That's my going to the gym, if you will. Uh, I like, you know, fabricating and designing and building things. So it's either you know, working up there, I know that sounds strange, but I grew up with a steel construction background uh, with my parents when I was young. So I still enjoy that. And I still enjoy working on these uh, UTVs and uh, racing the Sand Outlaw series. Well, I saw a, a picture of you in Victory Lane with the, with your Sand Outlaw uh, out in Utah. Are you racing all over the country or is it predominantly out west? Uh, predominantly out west. So we race uh, Glamis, California, um, the largest sand dune area in North America. We raced there twice. We raced in uh, Sand Mountain, Utah. We raced there twice. We raced in St. Anthony, Idaho uh, once, and we raced in Oregon uh, this year. So six races um, throughout, spread throughout the season. So I helped make the schedule. So I'm able to, <laughs> I'm able to spread them out to where it's, uh, you got enough time in between all of them. So did you, where did your car come from? Did you build it or, or is it uh, something that you buy? Yeah, so we build them They're Basically, it started out, you know, everybody's got a hot rod, everything they have. So um, this Polaris Razors is what I have, or, you know, they're called side-by-sides or ATVs or UTVs, a hundred different names. But in any event, basically um, all these big riding areas and it was all the big weekends. So Thanksgiving, Halloween, um, Labor Day, uh, they have what's called UTV Invasion or uh, um, uh, what was the, the Oregon one was uh, Sand Fest. So they have all these big events and these guys come and kind of impromptu race up the hill. And so a group of us kind of got together and created a, a little series that we put together a schedule and kind of some basic rules so that we all were bringing roughly the same thing and it's really gotten serious in the, in a short amount of time. Um, but that's, that's kind of how it started. And, uh, they're, so they're players, razors and Can-Ams and Yamaha, um, side by sides, and they make uh, a bunch of power and we're having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> how much is a bunch of power? Um, <laughs> That's top secret, right? But we have guys, guys are claiming they're making upper uh, 600 horsepower. Holy so cow. that doesn't sound like a lot, but let me put it in perspective for a minute. They're 900 cc engines, three cylinder, 900 cc engine. So the engine 
you could pick it up and set it on the bench by yourself. So it's a little tiny engine. And just in, just for figuring purposes, if it were the amount of power we make per cubic inch, if you compare that to a 350 small block Chevy, let's say, or a NASCAR engine, we would make 3,500 horsepower in a 350 cc engine compared to what we're making out of our uh, you know, 900 and I have 1100 CC engine. So it's a lot of power for that little engine to make. And power to weight ratio. I mean, that those things don't weigh anything. Yeah, believe it or not, they are a little heavier than you'd expect, but they are uh, 1550 pounds with the driver, which is still pretty light. Yes. Um, for 600 horsepower, it goes uh, pretty quick. We race mostly up a hill, but we do race some 300 foot um, sand drag uh, places where we don't have a hill available and they're running like three three point eight seconds of about hundred and ten miles an hour and that's in loose sand like powder dry sand you'd find at the beach so um, some of these 300 foot tracks are clay or wet compacted sand so the, the uh, time would be much faster in, in a condition like that but still uh, 3.8 seconds is pretty dang fast. <laughs> I think that's okay. I think it's great that you're you're so competitive. Obviously, you don't become a, a a cup winner and a champion like you've been in NASCAR without that that burning desire to be the best. And I got a glimpse of it when I went out to Glamis a couple of years ago with you. You still got your little garage out there? Is that headquarters or how are you how are you running this team nowadays? Yeah, so North Carolina, it's kind of like, I feel like a, a large scale cup team, right? So I have my shop in North Carolina, which I work on on a lot of stuff, um, but we mostly build the cars here. I have a friend that has a shop in Utah, which works well for when we run Idaho and the Utah races. And then I have my place in uh, Glamis, California still. So we, uh, we go there, but that season really starts in September-ish and goes through April. Um, other than that, it's a little bit too hot. Like it's 114 degrees there today. So that's a little bit toasty to be to be out there working. So we choose to, to be in the cooler, a little bit cooler temperatures. I know it's hot everywhere, but out there it gets miserably hot. Yeah, the the um, those sand dunes, that that's just mother nature at her best when you're Man, able to it is it's just beautiful everywhere you go and you ride up to the top of a hill whether we're in utah or we're in idaho or we're in glamis it's just incredible to see what you know in the middle of kind of in the these areas are in the middle of nowhere you're like how did this get here <laughs> what i loved about it as i got braver obviously um you come up you come Braver up or dumber? <laughs> Both. Yes. See, all the above. But you come up over a hill and, and, you know, you're just crazy enough to think, well, I wonder how far that one drops off. You know, yeah. how much can I hang over the top here? What's going to happen when I go over the other side? Um, are you, do you still have rides like that? We're seeing sand you've never seen before uh, going in new places, different places? Well, I, I'll tell you, Michael, it's, it's, um, it's, weird because the sand the wind moves the sand so much and changes so much every year you go to glamis 
And you're like, I don't remember this because yeah. entire sand dunes are changed. It'd be like going to Darlington and the corner's completely different. Like, you're like, what, you know, what happened? You know, the radius is different. The wall's different. So when I, when we go to these places, uh, even day to day, if the wind blows hard, the ridge will be a little bit different or whatever. And I tell people what, the way you get in trouble is you get comfortable or confident. Like I know where I'm going. I've been down kind of this run or ride before and you're one dune over from where you were and it's, and it's just different. Yeah. You, you ride over something and may drop off eight or 10 feet, which, which can uh, not turn out well. So the main thing I always remember when I'm out ripping it up is, you know, I'm confident, but yet I may not know exactly where I'm going. And that's why I like to, unfortunately I lead a lot or I have to, but I really like being second in line because that guy, you send him in first, right? Yes. And if everything's okay, I'm right behind you. I don't want to be that guy. I'll tell yeah. you that. So uh, it's, this is your golf game. It sounds yep. like uh, me and Denny and Stenhouse, uh, Larson, a bunch of the, the racers, we, we, we created us a golf tour because we weren't really good enough to be on anybody else's real tour. So we just sure. created our own. And I love what you've done with, with your sand rails. You're, you've created a, a, a series and, and that's gotta be really rewarding to, to have all your buddies want to be a part of that. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Sand outlaw series is what we call it. And um, you know, we kind of put together a little rules committee and, you know, racing for 20 years, you, you get it, you know, you can predict what's going to happen, right? You've tried to skirt the rules. You've made rules that people prevent from skirting the rules. And, and so I had a lot of input because, you know, I wanted to try and create some boundaries for everyone in the beginning. So it was fun to, to create it and, and help uh, create it and see it, see it take off. So it's been well, a lot that's of fun. A the reward of all that work is getting to go out and, and race and, and have fun. What, tell me the reward of the quarry you have again, help me understand what that's all about. Well, that's another story. So, uh, <laughs> the story goes, I, I was building a big pond in the backyard. Uh, I loved heavy equipment and, and love, you know, working outside and creating things. So, I had this big ravine area in the back of my uh, property at, at the lake and I was building a big pond and, you know, I'd work on it when I got time in between races or off season, Well, I got it about half done and, and I've got this beautiful river rock around the, the top six feet of it where the water line is going to be. And that quarry, I was getting that material from, I took a three month hiatus or whatever happened to be right in the downturn of the economy. And that quarry would kind of went belly up. And I had this thing halfway done and I'm like, where am I going to get this material? And none of it's going to match unless you get it from the same quarry. So I either had to start over or go get the material from, from the same quarry. So I, I had a guy helping me that was familiar with it and said, Hey, that quarry sitting there idle. You could go in there. You've got this equipment and whatever else, and you could take it over. And I thought, boy, that's a great idea. You know, I could go up there and play whenever I want. I've already got all this equipment. You're well, have your after, own, you'll have your own rocks. I'll have my own rocks. So after another million dollars worth of equipment or more, uh, 
you know, we got to where we were actually, and you know, us as racers, we don't give up on anything, right? Whether we should or shouldn't. And so I've been persistent about it. So my, my brother came back and ran it. It started out fairly small operation. My brother ran it. And then when I retired, I, I got more involved in it and uh, I've been operating it. We supply a lot of landscape yards all the way from Tennessee, Virginia, Carolinas, you know, Concord and Charlotte, a lot of these places around here to South Carolina, all the way to Georgia. So we supply a landscaping stone. Um, you know, the new Olive Garden off exit 33, that's all of our stone around that building. You know, things go like, look at it. yeah, go by, go by and check it out. And, and I didn't know it was there. I just went there for dinner and I'm like, oh, that, that's our stone. Because we basically sell it wholesale to all these, uh, these yards around, around the area. What's the name of your business? It's Triple B Stone. Triple B Stone. Yep. Um, Triple B Stone. I got to tell you a quick story that I've experienced because you sound just like me. I had 100 acres out in the country here in, Char in North Carolina, Sheryl's Ford, yeah. little town on Lake Norman. Um, and the first time a guy pulled through the gate with a load of rocks and he, he said, uh, you know what you need? You need a wall right over there. I'm like, you, you, you know, I do. You're exactly right. I, 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 I need that wall and I need a pond and I need a dam. I, and I had a hundred acres. And so I'm building shit everywhere. You know, I, yeah. I, I built a, I built a cave, Greg, because I, I had, I had a, a, a hillside where I knew if I dug in there far enough, it was basically be three sides. I would just need a roof. Yeah. I built, I built a cave and put stone on it. It was, it, and so I'm telling you all that to tell you this, I spent no telling how much money building yeah. walls and caves and ponds and shit. And so now I have a little house, uh, in Cornelius and I've got basically a half acre and I'll be damn faint doing the same thing all over again. Only it's very cost effective when you only have a half acre, right? It's a small scale now. <laughs> yeah. But there's, it is absolutely no different. Every time some guy comes down the street with a load of rocks, I'm like, well, hey, man, where can I put a couple of those? And yeah. so how can I, I'm putting a putting green in the backyard at this place. And so I've enjoyed that much. And, and uh, life's kind of fun now. I'm not, I'm not traveling as much with, with COVID, certainly still putting in the time on, on researching and, and covering the races. I yeah. wonder um, what, when you're not sand railing and you ain't at your quarry, what's been keeping you busy lately? I know you got some big family news. Yep, I got some big family news, but I just got back from Florida. Um, I have my boats in Florida and I love, uh, I love boating in the water and fishing. So I just spent a week before my daughter goes back to school. We, we spent a week. We had a trip planned for March 18th to go to the Bahamas. Mm. Well, that trip ended up being the keys last week because we were going to go about two weeks ago and then they shut the Bahamas down again. So we've, we've been trying to get over there and do a little snorkeling and, and take our uh, spring break is what it was. And, and it's turned into summer, summer vacation. So I enjoy, uh, I enjoy boating and fishing. I just, I like the outdoors. I spent some time on my mountain property and, and any chance I get, I go UTV riding versus just racing. So I enjoy going to the sand and UTV riding. Um, 
but that's that's about it taking care of the property messing around with this or that and uh working on some cars here and there uh always think about racing you know all the time so i miss that yeah and i was gonna ask about daughter does she enjoy the water as much as you do she does yeah she really does she before I've got the anchor out of the, the small boat, when we go out, before I got the anchor out, she's jumped in the water with her mask on and swimming around looking at stuff. And, you know, she first said, Daddy, is there any sharks in this water? And I said, no, nah, it's way too shallow for sharks. So off the side she goes, you know. And is that, and did you just get back? Did you go to Key West? Is that where you said you went? I did, yeah. That's yeah. an enjoyable trip. Does, uh, does that, is that a place you frequent when you do your vacationing or are you more of a Bahamas guy? I'm more Bahamas. I love that turquoise uh, water. You can see the bottom sandbars everywhere. Um, not as many people. So it's, it's really nice. This is my first time in the Keys with my boat. So we left Fort Lauderdale and, and went down to the Keys and stayed down there for a couple of days, uh, three days and messed around, got to see all kinds of neat stuff. So it's uh it's fun down there lots of stuff to do right on i saw a beautiful picture of you and christina on your twitter saying a couple more months to go but that's that's been a couple months ago getting pretty close with the the new baby yep five weeks uh baby boy coming so i'm i'm excited about that i'll maybe have a little fisherman and then maybe some guy to drive the equipment at the uh at the rock mine but what do you think the chances are you can keep that little boy out from behind the the wheel of a race car at, at, at some point zero. <laughs> I don't think it's very high. So I expect him, uh, to be about behind the wheel, but we'll see, you know, it's, uh, if he wants to, that's great. And, uh, you know, we, the problem is we're so dang competitive that I'm sort of looking forward to it, but not looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, now I understand only now I understand why my dad paced. He walked around the infield of the racetrack. He, you wouldn't see him. He'd walk away with two packs of cigarettes and he's walking around the infield of the racetrack. Would, would never be, you know, in one spot. And it's just from being nervous. And I can, I can already see that that I'd be, I'd be a nervous wreck, you know, uh, standing there watching. So, um, I I'm, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, uh, apprehensive. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's list, your go-to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done. Well, now you might be wondering what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest, home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project big or small as a homeowner myself i always have things i want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool with over 200,000 pros in their network angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? 
from finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience. Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Yeah, we, we talk about behind the wheel, your your last NASCAR race you won. That's that's pretty cool. Have you had any desire to 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 get behind the wheel again and, and run a race or what, what, where are you at on your, your NASCAR career? Are you retired officially? I don't think I'm retired officially. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I want to get behind the wheel like tomorrow, but at the same time, I want to, like always the same time, same thing as when you get in the race car, you want to be competitive. You don't want to make mistakes. You want to you want to be your best, and it's and it's tough to do when you haven't been in the car for a year, or for my case, I wasn't in the car for a little over two years, and now it's been another year, uh, and now the crazy times, no practice, no qualifying. I couldn't imagine going and getting in a race car today and them throwing the rag. Uh, so it's intimidating to think about because all these other guys have been running races. Right. Yeah. And so they, they've got experience and they, they know what the thing drives and feels like. So I want to run races, but at the same time, you know, I'm a little bit apprehensive or nervous about it that you always think, Oh, I can't do that. You know, and you go get in the car and, it, and it's competitive, but I'm talking to uh, someone right now about potentially doing a potentially jumping in and doing a race. So we'll see, uh, We'll see how that turns out. Right on. Is it going to be a truck race? Because if it is, I'm I'm a fan. I get to cover it. Um, probably a truck race. Right on. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned to make sure we know what's going on. Have you talked to a guy named Tony Stewart that's starting a new racing series? As, as, I, as soon as I heard the news, I sent him a text with an emoji of me with my hand up. Yep, I'm in. <laughs> Did you do the same? I did. Well, I talked to, uh, so we do this trip, this guy's trip every year. So it's a, a, a different group, but mostly, you know, Ray Everham, Tony, Jeff Gordon, uh, Clint was there last year. We do a, a sand dune trip every year out at a, at a friend of ours place, which is on the other end of the sand dunes from where I'm at in Glamis. And they were talking about the, the series then and what they were kind of putting together. And, uh, they said, we'll keep you posted. Stay tuned. You're going to, you're, you're going to be part of it. So, um, I've been in touch a little bit with them. I think, uh, you know, they've got some big plans for it. So I'm sure there's going to be different rounds of guys, uh, in and behind the wheel. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, see that come to life. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that play out. Yeah. As well. You talked about, uh, the guys these days getting in the cars with no practice and throwing the green flag and, you know, you've been to you've been to Charlotte, you've been to Michigan, those places, and so you're you're you would be fine eventually with it. But can you imagine going to Daytona uh, this weekend and running <laughs> running that road course? I mean, you ran the twenty four no. hours back in 05 or something, I think. I I can't even imagine. And here's what I don't understand. I started thinking about it. How do you go to a place that no one has been? They don't even know what way the corner goes at the end of the straightaway or 
what way the next corner goes or where to start slowing down. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how you do that. I, I honestly don't. I mean, maybe a couple extra pace laps. I don't have any idea. I've I, 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 would I couldn't imagine going somewhere and not knowing the racetrack and yeah. saying green flag. It, it just, especially, especially that racetrack, because you're going to go around those high banks and, you know, probably hit near 200 down the back, 180. <laughs> and then, uh, you're, you're right. I, I have no idea what to expect. I'm certainly going to be sitting in front of my TV when it, when it, when they say go. I am, I am too. How many, uh, how many rental cars you think are going to be making laps around there over the next few days? Are they going to allow that or? Wow. I, I don't know, but I mean, you know, in the old days or at the dirt race, right. They would, they would take the pace car out and, 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 pace the field and then pull in and let them do a couple hot laps. Right? right. It almost feels like, you know, Hey, you guys warm up or you do a few hot laps and slow back down and get side by side and we'll throw the green, you know, but it, it's uh, it's just crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about going to a racetrack that you've never been around before and, and, make one or two pace laps and throw the green. It's just, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. Harvick's on the pole. He's going to say, come on, y'all, let's go down here and turn one and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, shoot, how does he know when to slow down? It's, it, you know, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, the guy that's raced the 24 hour race. Okay. And maybe they're figuring out how to get seat time in a different kind of vehicle, or maybe there's, um, Maybe there's there's some school cars or even Mustangs or street cars that they can go make laps with. That would help 110%, you know, because then at least you know where the where the course is. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And talking about fun, NASCAR did a great job of bringing live sports back to America when they, they got the, 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 the series up and running. Um, it's been some great racing. Have have you had any takeaways uh, from what we've seen in 2020 with the, the competition? Obviously, Harvick and Denny have been the, the main story. But um, I, I thought early in the season that the Chevys were the fastest. And now there was a time when I thought the Toyotas were. Now it's, it's the Fords. It's kind of an interesting year to sit back and, and be a fan. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the best thing a sport can ask for, right, is the parity. And, and – you know, it was the Chevy and that was the Toyota and now it's the Ford um, being, you know, being competitive. So I think that uh, I, I really feel like the, it's rewarded the teams that have the best platform to start with. And I think Denny and Kevin have both, you know, been the guys that, that know you know, what setup works for what racetrack and, and, and it certainly does not surprise me, Kevin winning two days in a row. I mean, it's the same car, same track. You, you almost have to ask yourself, why wouldn't you win two times in a row? But that's why we race every weekend is to see how the pit stop goes and see how track position and, and all those things turn out. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh it's interesting to see those two guys that keep rising to the top. But once you get on something, you know, you sort of have that in your pocket until, you know, something else changes or somebody else, you know, figures it out. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk around the, the garage area that they got somehow Rodney's figured out a way to get that car just a little more trimmed out, but yet still handles like a like a dream because they yep. seem to really really get it down the straightaway, and that's all aerodynamics you would assume. Yeah, just aero. I mean, I it's aero racing today, 101. I mean, they're they're whoever's got the best aerodynamics is winning these races. It's that simple. Once these cars have gotten sealed completely to the ground, um, it it's a matter of you know when they're letting off the gas, if they are, and the car going down the straightaway. So it's it's been heading that way for a long time, and and uh, it's certainly there. Um, before I let you go, I got a couple questions I got from Ask Mikey on Twitter and Fox Sports social media platforms. Everybody always wants to know what's going on. And this one, I feel like um, I'm going to, I'm just going to paraphrase. Jim wants to know what are the top three moments of your career? And I, I love that question because you truck champ, Xfinity champ, ugh really really close to getting getting the the triple crown there but but of the wonderful things you did my one of my favorite greg biffle moments was when benny parsons discovered you because benny was my buddy and he said there's a there's a guy out there in washington he's he's gonna be he's, he's special he's got he's got what it takes um that had to be a big moment for you uh looking back but what are the top three for uh for greg biffle in his career yeah, well, certainly the the moment that that Benny Parsons and I became, you know, pals or friends, and, and he got me my opportunity. That that certainly, you know, rest is is the greatest opportunity that that anyone can get. But I remember my first truck win at Memphis, and that that you know that obviously is a special place. Uh, my first Cup win in Daytona when I was racing with you and Dale Jr. and uh, Bobby Labonte, I, I, I was driving my ass off. No and doubt. That car was loose and I, I was trying to draft off the cars in front of me, which was even harder. And I'm like, one more lap, one more lap, you know, uh, that, that was tough. And in the thousandth win for Ford on Father's Day, in Michigan is a, is a special, uh, was a special win for me. I had my daughter there. Uh, my father was still alive and that was a, that was a big win, uh, to be able to get back in victory lane in Michigan. I love that racetrack. So, you know, obviously the championships mean a lot. Um, you know, that wheel loose, uh, my tire or wheel coming loose at Texas cost me the 2005 title. I'll never forget that moment for a different reason. <laughs> that's not a good moment, but that's one that uh, that's one you'll always replay and think about a um, hundred times. Yeah, that uh, I will. I would like to reiterate how loose you were in 2003 because I I had won the Daytona 500. I think Dale Jr. and I were one two at Talladega, and we get to Daytona, and you know, in my mind, I'm not. There's nobody that can beat me. And as I'm racing, I, I say, and definitely not that guy up there. He's going to crash. I mean, yeah, that was, I've got I, an inch and a quarter. I got an inch and a quarter sway bar. And there's no way I'm going to make it to the end of this race. But boy, it was fast. Yeah, it was, it was fast. And it was frustrating to see that car all out of whack and out of control, just drive off and beat us all. But uh, 
you've had some great moments in your career and I appreciate you taking some time. A, a year ago, weren't you starting a rescue ranch for, for animals too? I, I, my list of questions for Greg Biffle's a mile long. How, when do you, how'd you get, how are you pregnant? I mean, when, when did you have time to do that? There's much you got going on. I know I look a little bit pregnant right now, but anyway, um, yeah, we started, uh, we, we built a facility, Lake Norman Humane, and, uh, you know, I'm very proud of it. We worked on it for, for eight or 10 years. All you guys helped participate in, in raising money over that period of time. And uh, we're open for business. It's on Highway 21. We adopt about 80 to 100 animals per month out of there, get uh, new homes, get a second chance wow. at life. So it's, uh, it's pretty special to me to see that place up and running and operating. And of course, like with anything, it's a struggle budget wise. And, and we have a couple fundraisers a year and um, we, we enjoy uh, the community supporting us and, and uh, we're doing great things. So stop by and it's beautiful, clean, fun to go in and see all the animals. And unfortunate part of that is you usually leave with one. So <laughs> do you got some nice rock work around your I do have some nice uh, rock work around the building, so you have to check that out while you're there. I think so. Was there a website or a, a email that people can donate through? Yeah, uh, we're on, uh, you can find us online at lakenormanhumane.com and uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and all of our social media stuff. All right. Well, we, we'll, we'll certainly be happy to get that out there with all the great things you're doing. And uh sure. I just want to say thank you for, for taking some time uh, because obviously you're, you're very busy. And I want to say also um, best wishes on the new addition to the family. And I'm, I'm really happy that you're doing so well, Greg. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. And one of these days you're going to have to teach me how to play golf. I took you out to the sand dunes and uh, we drove around and I, I love to play. I just not very good at it. So uh, it's fun to get out and do something different every once in a while. Yeah, then he says I'm the worst avid golfer he knows. So <laughs> you haven't played not, with me yet. <laughs> I don't want I don't think you want me teaching you how to play golf. Oh man. So well appreciate you, bud. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep. See you. Man, that's a lot of fun. Got so much going on. Really appreciate you tuning in to Walter Unfiltered. We'll have another great guest next week. So fun catching up on some of the personalities that of NASCAR, especially a guy like Greg Biffle, who I've known for 100 years. So be sure to tell your friends about Waltrip Unfiltered. You can find us on all of Fox Sports social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we'll be there. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later.